it's very bad when this microphone hits me in my forehead. So we'll use this one, or I'll use this one until he gets back. Is that okay? Amen. It's good to be here. Is it on? It's good to be here. Amen. It says it's all these buttons says off. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be in men's conference. Amen. Thank you, Brother Holt. Amen. Thank you, Brother Paget, for asking us to be here. And uh, I'm happy that I'm in the house of the Lord today. Amen. It's good to be here. Good to be here with these brethren that is preaching uh, this week. And uh, what a privilege it is to know uh, that there's still good godly men that want to live for God. Amen. And so I'm glad uh, to be in the house of the Lord and uh, glad to be in this men's conference today. And uh, thank you, Brother Paget, for your uh, perseverance and endurance. 23 years, men's conference here. And I'm thankful that somebody has a burden and uh, somebody's doing something about that burden. A lot of people talk about things, but it takes somebody uh, that will put shoes on the ground and do something about it. And uh, that's what we've had here for the past 23 years. And um, I appreciate that so much. Um, Brother Townley was talking about Sister Paget giving him notes and all these kinds of things. And I think she's here, and I don't know if she can hear me, but I do want to tell her I appreciate the neckties and the socks and all that kind of stuff she gave me. <laughs> I don't reckon I needed any notes. Anyway. <laughs> Amen. All right. Tell me, Jesus. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but those cookies that she put in there that she baked, she can, I need some more, I'm out. If she is there, amen. Second Timothy chapter 3, and I'm looking forward to hearing Brother Johnson preach today, Brother Calhoun tonight. Brother Townley did a tremendous job last night. Amen. What a tremendous job teaching and preaching the word of the Lord. So cool, so calm, so collected. Amen. Just preaching to us teaching us some good things, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3, and also I'm going to read from Romans chapter 11. Second Timothy chapter 3, Romans chapter 11, and um, I have nothing new to say today, but I want to uh, try to follow after the Lord this morning, the Lord will help me. Amen. And uh, we, we do live in busy times. And we live in times that we, we need to stop and let the Lord help us. Amen. We need the Lord to help us. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm depending on Him. And so in our busyness, uh, we were instructed through the word of the Lord last night. There's some ways to make it in the times which we find ourselves. And I'm thankful that the Lord still talks to us. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 3, so familiar. Verse 1, it said this, Know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men 
shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and holy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Verse 5 says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. He said, from such turn away. Amen. Romans chapter 11, and I'm going to read one verse of scripture there, and that is verse 29, Romans chapter 11, and verse 29 says, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Amen. Amen. The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Amen. The Apostle Paul was telling Timothy, he said, perilous times shall come. I believe that we understand that we're living in the last days. We are living in those times that are busy. We're living in these times that we see these things being fulfilled before our very eyes. Amen. But when we see all of that, Paul also writing and said, the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. So we can't let our times determine what God has placed in us to do for Him. God has gifted us and called us for a time such as this. Amen. And I believe that we need to buy into and believe that God wants to use you as men in your local church to accomplish something great for God. Amen. Amen. And uh, I, I was pondering what should I title this, and I've titled it a, many, a lot of things. And uh, this morning I was walking by, and there's on top of those little uh, deals in the room, whatever, little cabinets, there was a little caption that cancer, uh, caught my attention, and it said, Will you help us? It said, One person can make all the difference in the world. You can change the world. Amen. And they're speaking of environmental things. And I want to tell you what I I teach and preach at Truth Tabernacle is that our world is what we touch on a daily basis. And I want to tell you, you can change your world. Amen. Would you thank the Lord for his word today? Jesus, I love you. Thank you, God. Help me this morning, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this people that has gathered here, this, these men. God, I need you right now, Jesus. I need you right now, Jesus. I need your anointing, God. I need your anointing, God. 
Oh, Jesus, let your anointing rest upon these men today. We might be receivers of the word today. God, I love you right now, Jesus. I love you right now, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And God bless you. You could be seated just for a little while today. Amen. I think that we have to deal with the question, are we walking dead men? Although we're here today, we're breathing, we're moving. But the question is, is the life that God really has meant for us to live, the life that He has promised us, has it ceased to be? We live in a world of of living dead men. They are everywhere. Somewhere along the way, their dreams, their visions, their, their zeal, somehow got extinguished. And they began to live a, a lower form of life than what they were called to live. Amen. It is the very body language that reveals this to us all. Amen. They are people that has the mannerisms of people that is just doing time. Amen. Just living, just making it, just surviving, just getting by. I am marking the days. Just another day in the grind. Just another day of surviving. Just another day of getting by. The alarm clock went off way too early again. Back going, 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 going. And their mannerisms is nothing more than just serving out their time. Amen. This has developed something much worse than low self-esteem. It is low life esteem. They don't even know if life is worth living at all. Amen, amen. We, we have this tendency of just marking time amen we you know when we we think about uh the time of of, of death and we we think about um people that die and and they they put them in a coffin and it it might be a little morbid to talk about this but we're men we can handle it right amen so you know if if they they decorate it they put flowers all around it and people say things like they look just so nice they just, it looks just like them. You think about it. And, and here they are. And, and it, it's all to, it's all to make something, you know, really what it's trying to do is to deflect the image of death. Amen. Can I tell you that too many times we try to decorate our lives uh, and, and it really... We, we have, we have just, just come to accept that this is where we are instead of reaching for our destinies. 
Amen. Somewhere along the way, something uh, has doused that fire that once burned within us. uh, And we say, you know, this is just where I'm supposed to be. I'm going to try to make it as nice as I can. Uh, No, something needs to burn uh, within you today that says, uh, I've got something in me uh, that has to come out. I want to change my world. Amen, amen. Anything that you have to decorate, anything that you have to hide, anything that is there, it's that that kills what you're really called to do. That that is there to just stop you from accomplishing something for God. Amen. Let me tell you, as a pastor today, you know what we need? We need men that believes that I am not going to live as a dead person, but I'm going to be alive. I'm going to walk. I'm going to become the man that God has destined for me to become. I'm not going to go through the motions. I'm not just marking time. We live in perilous times, but I'm not just marking this time. This is the greatest era for the church today. We got an opportunity to stand up and stand Stand out and change our world. Amen. I'm asking you today, will you help us? I said, will you help us? I said, will you help us? Just one man can make a difference. One man in the prayer room before church. One man worshiping in worship time. Just one man saying amen. Amen. Not just in word, but in deed. I'm going to be that man that makes a difference. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Amen. You can be seated. I think that what happens many times is in our busyness and in our going that we, we, we lay down at night and, and it's there that we feel the pain of our compromise. Because the busyness has stopped. And I know that we're exhausted from our day. But we feel the pain of compromising really what we should have been. What we should have done this day. Amen. It's in the stopping. It's in that time that we have to feel the weight of the life that we should be leading. Or the weight of the life that we know that we can lead. Amen. Amen. Somehow, some way, we've got to feel that, that, you know, God has destined for us to be more than what we are. Amen. I, I am telling you today that there, there's something about it that if somehow we could realize that we are spirit filled and God designed us to be more than what we are. Amen. It's time for some of us to wake up and make a decision that we are going to sell that box that has kept us limited to saying I can't be any more than what I am right now. I've been Holy Ghost baptized. That box says, you're just a man. And you failed so much. And how can you make a difference? You're just one. But the Holy Ghost takes us to another level. 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I said it takes us to another level. I am just one, but I can make a difference. I can change my world. I'm going to sell this box that has kept me limited. I'm going to get beyond where I'm at, and I'm going to do something for God. I'm not going to just be a chair warmer, but I'm going to be a man that's going to do something for God in this last time. We're in perilous times, but I've got to do something for Him. Praise the Lord. See what happens is that when the Holy Ghost comes and we feel that touch of God and we feel the call of God, we come to men's treat. Amen. We listen to a, a, a midweek Bible study and we feel something turning within us and we sense that God has something in mind. And we receive the power and we think this is my time. I'm going to do something about it. To, Amen. But when you draw back, I am telling you there's no worse feeling. The misery increases because within you is the power to accomplish. But you've allowed the times to restrict you. You allowed the pressures of life to box you in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I I understand. We get frustrated. We get tired. Praise the Lord. We lash out at people in anger. And we don't understand where did that come from. It's because we know that we've allowed the times to dictate how we're living our lives. Amen. It's that near death life. Amen. That allows us to form alliances with people we know that's going to pull us down. Amen. We are willing to discard the joy of the Lord. That is our strength. We are willing to discard the love of God. He said that they would know us because we have love one to another. And we're willing to forsake all of that and get into a mentality of survival instincts. And when you get into a mentality of survival instincts, you lose your joy. You lose the love of God that causes men to know that you're one of his disciples and you're just trying to survive. I don't want to just survive. I want to do something. We sometimes look at that man and, and, and we think, what's wrong with them? I, I'm going to give you a little clue today. They're trying to survive. Instead of, in, they're letting this mentality of the world box them in that they got to survive. And they're, they're, they're frustrated and they're tired and they're angry and they're all upset because everything hasn't worked out the way that they want it to work out. I'm telling you, life is not fair. Everything is not going to work out the way we want it to work out. But God is still good and you're still in the church. The world's going down, but the church is going up. I said the world's going down, but the church is going up. Brother Riley, how, how, can, how can this happen? It's the toxic end times. It's the heart condition. It's something that affects us. 
Amen. We got to take heed to ourselves unless our hearts become overcharged and burdened and overloaded. That we become unfit to do what God has called us to do. Amen. We're living in a world of men. We're surrounded by sensual and security seeking men. Amen. A sensual world. Everything is sold from that. Everything operates from that. And also it's a security seeking world. Amen. I'm telling you it has the potential of influencing us. Oh yes it does. Amen. There's, it, it, it brings disorders to the body, to the mind. Amen. It makes us, if we're not careful, it would make us dull to the very life that God has called us to do. We become lifeless. It's just duty. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, and instead of being affected by the word of the Lord, we're unaffected. Because of the times that we find ourselves in. Amen. Let me tell you something. It's still the same. My grandpa, it's still the same. Same God, same God, same power, same gospel. Amen. You know, you know what the problem is? Uh, is that we found ourselves uh, and if we're not careful, we're just living uh, dead men. We're just going through the motions. Uh, the message hasn't changed. I said the message hasn't changed. But our minds and our spirits are not being affected because of the generation in which we find ourselves in. Oh, hallelujah. We're too, we're too involved in the pursuit of good things of this world. And we get overwhelmed with the cares of this life. Let me tell you something. This world and the things that are in this world is going to pass away. But what you get in an apostolic service will last. Come on, somebody help me love him a little bit here today. Come on, let's love him today. Hallelujah. You can, you can be seated. There, there's something that has to happen. I'm reminded of the, of the seed that Jesus gave, the parable of the seed. And... I've been dealing with this in our local church is that the, the good seed, it was all good, but the good ground was uh, those that were of an honest and a good heart. You know what we need? We need honesty. When it comes to dealing with who we are. Amen. We need to be honest. If we're dealing with fear. We need to be honest. When the preaching of the word of the Lord. Oh it's one thing to get up and run the aisles. And shout and hoot and holler. Say oh yes sir pastor. And, 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 and not be honest that you're struggling with that fear. And that disappointment. 
Praise the Lord. Those sensual distractions. You know what they'll do? They'll cause you to abandon your destiny. Having a form of godliness. Praise the Lord. It's so, it's so easy to just, 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 you know, going through the motions, having the form. Praise the Lord. And we're not careful. We're living dead men. We're not reaching our potential. We're not living up to our destiny. We're just sitting there and we're saying amen. But we're not being honest that something has bombarded our minds and our spirits. And we're struggling, trying to live for God. You know what? I'm going to ask you again. Will you help us? Will you help us? Oh, hallelujah. We need to be honest when we're crushed and embittered by disappointment. But I will not accept that as my destiny. I will not. I will not become embittered, but I'll become better. My disappointments are not going to shape the rest of my life. Sure, I've been disappointed. Sure, I've been hurt. Sure, I've been through some things. But I'm not going to live a disabled life. But I'm going to step up and say, yes, I can make the difference. Amen. 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 And somehow... This, is, this has become something that we are dealing with. And, and, and I, I, I'm dealing with it in the city that I pastor and the people that I pastor. But what I, I see is that it, it, there's something that people are willing to accept a deadly substitute for their destiny. They are weak. If we're not careful, we allow our hardened and, 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 and very poisoned times. To place us in a box. Not to get us to backslide. You say, Brother Riley, the devil wants us all to backslide. Let me, let me tell you something. If he can get you in a box... He don't want you coming, but he's not going to mess with you if you're in a box. He wants you to live symbolically, form, instead of actually. Praise the Lord, somebody. He's wanting to put men in a box. And here, here's the thing. He's wanting us to feel secure. Security sells everything. You got to be secure. You want your family to be secure. Right? It, it's, that, it's that feeling of security. And security can never become a substitute for destiny. 
I've got to feel, I've got to feel secure. I've got to feel like that. This is, let, let me just tell you, you cannot be safe as long as you're secure. You say, what's the difference between safety and security? Security is a demented pursuit of all things that remove uncertainty. Security says, I'm going to pursue this until there is no uncertainty. We are living in a world that is obsessed. They don't want any uncertainty. They said, give me security. Security says I've got food and I've got shelter. But I have no freedom. Come on, somebody. Are you going to stay with me just for a little bit here today? Amen. Amen. Somehow, it's that feeling that I'm in my little box. I'm secure here. I'm hearing good preaching. I'm hearing this. Oh, this is great. I've got shelter from the world. I'm feeling good about all of this. And we become blocked in this box while there's a world that is dying, lost. And I don't feel like I can make a difference because of the times in which I find myself. I'm afraid to dream because it takes too much out of me. But I'm in my prison of security. I'm secure here. I feel, I feel this security. I, I, I don't know. I'm boxed in, but I feel like that this is a, this is where I need to be. That's what security is. Safety, on the other hand, is peace through victory. I might have to fight for some things, but bless your heart, I'm going to fight for it because I've got to have peace. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I might have to risk some security, but I'm looking for safety. I've got a purpose in life. God didn't save you uh, to sit around uh, and be secure uh, and say, I've got my freedom. Who cares about anybody else's? Uh, No, uh, I've got to fight uh, for the safety. Uh, I've got to fight for something uh, that brings victory. Uh, I'm not going to pull the doors uh, in and lock them, uh, but I'm going to say it's the best time for the church uh, that it's ever been. Uh, It's time to let the world know there's a safe place. Come on, somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Let's give Him praise. Hallelujah. You've got to understand that there's a purpose for your life. There is no safer place than being right in the middle, right in the center of God's purpose and will for your life. Praise the Lord, somebody. That's the safest place there could be. You say, well, there's risk here. There, 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 what, what if this happens? And, and what if that happens, Brother Rowley? And, and what if, if this goes wrong? And what, what are we going to... You know what? 
God called you. God placed you. The safest place that you can be is right in the middle of the will of God. Doing the purpose of God. Come on, men. Don't, don't buy into this lie that I've got to feel secure. I gotta feel secure. I'm in pursuit of removing all of the unexpected. No, I'm on the cutting edge. I'm on the forefront of the battle, the Lord. I'm doing something for God. I'm gonna do something for God. I'm not about to pull the banner in. This is still a blood vault, blood washed. Come on, this is still an apostolic Pentecostal church. This is still, this is still, this is still a church where miracles happen. This is still a church where provision is. This is God's church. We're on the cutting edge. Come on, somebody help me a little bit. Come on, somebody, you need to get a hold of something that says, I want what God has for me. It's time for somebody, it's time for somebody to break down the box. It's time for somebody to burn the box. It's time for somebody to make up your mind that I'm coming out of this tomb that has kept me. I'm coming out of these gray clothes that's held me bound. I'm going to do something for God. I'm going to accomplish something for God. Oh, come on. I know. I know where we're living. I know where we're living. But there's still got to be a church. There's still got to be men with backbones that's saying it might be bad, but God's still good. He's going to work it out. He's going to do what? needs to be done it will happen will you help us hallelujah hallelujah I said will you help us I said will you help us you still got a preacher that fills your pulpit uh, that's got faith in God I'm asking you will you help us it's not time to sit down it's time to stand up it's time to not live as dead men but it's time to say my gift and my calling is without repentance I can't let the times keep me down but I gotta stand for what is right come on somebody praise him a little bit Brother Townley, I was looking for that one man that you left in the Bible and Lazarus was still in the tomb. I got to get Lazarus out of the tomb today. Come on, somebody. You got you to hear the voice of God calling you today. It's time to come up. It's time to come out. You might not have enough money to pay your bills and don't know where you're going to get the money, but he's still God. Come on, you ought to still dance and shout and run and witness that he is my provider. He is my all in all. Come on out of that tomb of death. Come on, somebody give him some praise. Somebody shout a little bit today. Oh, hallelujah. I'm going to renounce that life 
in which Satan has boxed me into. I'm not going to let Satan determine how I live. I'm not going to let the world determine how I live. I'm not going to let the world determine how I worship God. I'm not going to let, I'm not going to be boxed in by all of that. Uh, Come on, the world's going down, but that doesn't determine how I'm going to live for God. I'm going to sell this. Uh, God's calling us out of this. Uh, Come on, this is the greatest time for the church. Uh, This is the greatest time for the church. Uh, You say, Brother Riley, what's going to happen? I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm telling you, God is still God and His church is still safe. Somebody needs to sell the box. Amen. You can be seated. It only takes one life to start a miracle. It only takes one man to say, you know what? I believe what my pastor's been preaching. Praise the Lord. How many times has it happened in history? From the backside of a desert, Moses parted the Red Sea. Where did he come from? He become obedient. Raised the dead. Turned armies to flight. Rescued their nations. Uh, you know what? Some of you need to buy in that you can become the dread of Satan. The devil's trying to take your children. Trying to take men out of your church. Trying to discourage men. Trying to discourage your families. You know what? I don't, I, I'm not going to let the devil... Cause me to live like a dead man. I thought that I was secure here, but the devil's trying to work his way in and take stuff that belongs to me. You know what? Safety comes uh, through a fight. Come on, come on, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you satisfied with just getting by? Are you satisfied with just going through the motions? Are you satisfied with just having the form? Are you satisfied saying, well, that's just the way it is. Uh, They didn't really want it. They don't really love it. Uh, They didn't want it anyway. Uh, I tried my best uh, and the devils just took them out. Uh, No, 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 no. There's got to be something that gets on the inside of you that says... uh, Come on, I was, I was resting in my security uh, and the devils come in. Uh, I, had, I had shelter and I had food uh, and I felt secure uh, and the devils rocked me to sleep. Uh, he's caused me to live uh, like a dead man. No, 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 uh, I'm going to stand up. I want my children to be saved. Uh, I want my wife to be saved. I don't want my pastor to get tired of preaching this. I'm going to be the one that will make the difference. Will you help us? Hallelujah. Some people are just satisfied just getting by. Not satisfied just getting by. Our world is in need. Thank God for this beautiful building. But you hear me. We don't need better buildings. 
What we need is a move of the Holy Ghost in the buildings that we have. What we need is a move of the Holy Ghost that so affects us that when we walk out that door, we don't close the door on our box and say, I'm secure. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen. I'm feeling really at home right now. That could be dangerous. Amen. Somehow, some way, we got to be willing to say, you know what? I've been waiting. I've been waiting all this time. You need to quit waiting. You need to quit waiting until everything's perfect in your life. It's never going to be perfect. You, you need to stand up and say, you know what? Oh, we had a shouting good time tonight. The Holy Ghost moved. But you know what? We've got to take that outside of these four walls. And we've got to say, you know what? I'm going to become men of change. I'm going to become men of change. I'm going to do something for God. Come on, somebody. You say, well, I'm not comfortable doing that. Then stay in your box. I said stay in your safe place, in your secure place. But I want to take some risk for God. What if they laugh at me? What if they slam the door in my face? What if they tell me, oh, oh you know what? Oh, I'm not going to worry about all of that. I'm just going to keep on doing something for God. Let the naysayers say it won't ever happen. But as for me and my house, we're going to do something for God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You can be seated. The Holy Ghost makes the impact. I said the Holy Ghost makes the difference. Amen. Amen. Some way, somehow, if we could only understand, the Holy Ghost is the difference maker. In our world of, of turmoil and things, my grandpa had a very simple saying. My grandpa said about turmoil and conflict and, and doing things. He said, the Holy Ghost makes a difference. And he said, if, if somebody in this would just get full of the Holy Ghost, it would turn things right side up. But we want to feel secure. Praise the Lord, somebody. Amen. See, if, if we're going to let the Holy Ghost work in us, can I take my jacket off? I have an hour. So I've got, what time did I even start? I told him I had 30 minutes in me today. Amen. I think I've used that 30 minutes. Now I'm going to use yours. <clears throat> if you're going to be used to God, there's, there's just a couple things that I want, to, I want to just give to you. Number one, you've got to be willing to clear your mind. You've got to be willing to silence those negative voices. As men... You've got to be willing to silence those negative voices that says you've got to be a certain way or do certain things. You've got to be willing to live beyond the cutting remarks of people that you love. 
If you're going to be men that's used of God, you can't let a nagging wife or you can't let rebellious children Come on, somebody. Oh, this is good stuff right now. Come on, y'all's going to shout with me while I go now. Come on, somebody. You've got to be willing. You've got to be willing to clear your mind. You've got to be willing to forget those cutting remarks. You've got to be willing to go beyond and dismiss those crippling theories of misguided people that has spoke things into your life, that has kept you down. Praise the Lord. They said you wouldn't ever, and you've let that be the fulfillment of your life. You've got to cut all of that out. They look at you with scorn and say, who do you think you are? What do you think you're going to do? And on and on and on and go. You've got to be willing to dismiss those things. And then you've got to be willing to rebuke your self-doubt. And turn off that broken record of your past failures. You say, well, everything they said, that's what I've did and that's what I've been. And I, no, 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 no. This is a day that the Lord is going to make the difference. I might have been, but I'm not that anymore. Come on, men. We need some men. That I say, you know what, self? You're not going to send me to hell. You're not going to box me in. I'm going to turn that broken record off and I'm going to become the man that God has destined me to be. You got to clear your mind. You can be seated number two. You got to let God redefine you. You've got to, you've got to relinquish to Him your opinion of yourself. You say, but uh, uh, it's no buts about it. You're, it don't matter how you feel. He's seen the potential in you when he called you. You say, but, 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 but Brother Riley, I got weaknesses and I got handicaps. Handicaps and handicaps, I do too. Amen, I can't speak. Amen. I got handicaps and I, I got... Amen. I got, a, I got a speech impediment today. I got handicaps and, and, and I got these phobias and I, I got these things and, 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 and you, you know, I, and I, 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 just, I, I can't and I, and I won't and I can't be. And, and, and you go to the pastor and, and, and the pastor's preaching. You say, Pastor, I wish I could be that. But, you know, I've got this wrong and this happened and, and these things. And, you know, you know, I've got all these phobias and I got all these weaknesses. You, you, you know, you, what you got to do is let the Holy Ghost make the difference in your life and let the Holy Ghost redefine who you are. It doesn't matter how black your tomorrow looks. It, it's God who designs your future. I said it's God that has designed your future. Come on, it's black tomorrow. No, it's God that's got my future in His hands.
Yesterday is not going to determine my tomorrows. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. It's God. It's God. I've looked at people and, and, and over the past months and year that with, with this world in which we find ourselves, I've looked at men that's doing their best, that's living for God, that's trying to, to do everything. And they've looked at me and they said, Pastor, we don't understand. We don't understand losing things, uh, losing things. Hear me, losing things, uh, not knowing, losing jobs, losing cars. Uh, Come on, losing, not knowing how things is going to work out. And, and I have to look at them and tell them that God knows where you are and God knows what your future is. Praise the Lord. It wasn't. It was that that God is defining your future. I know it might look dark tomorrow, but understand something that weeping is going to endure for the night. But you got to understand that God has got you in this for a purpose. And you're going to come out of this. You're going to come out of this. Come on. You're going to come out of this. Don't quit weeping around the altars. Don't quit running the aisles. Don't quit shouting. Don't quit giving your tithe and your offerings when you got it to give. Just keep on doing what you've been doing because God has got you in His hands. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, somebody. God's redefining you. You depended on your security and your know-how. But God's redefining you. you got to put your trust in Him. He's going to make the difference. I can't live on less than 20-something dollars an hour. You know what they're learning how to live on 9 and 10 dollars an hour. You know why? Because they're putting their trust in God. It's God redefining who they are. It's God making the difference in their life. It's God. I said it's God. They're still faithful. They're still shouting. They're still worshiping. It didn't matter how black the future looks. God is helping them. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. You say, how can this happen? How can I let God redefine me? John, the 16th chapter says that when He comes, He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness. You know what God does in His way of working in you and for you? You know what He does? He reproves us of sin. Right? He works on us. The Holy Ghost teaching and preaching. He reproves us. Praise the Lord. And we become convinced that we are sinners and we need to make a difference. We need to go from a sinner to a saint. That same spirit when it comes, it has to convince us that we are in right standing with God. We are not perfect. But when He comes, Amen. We, we've somehow got to get a hold of something that we have got to live in right standing with God. You will never be perfect. But you've got to stay in right standing with God. 
And you got to be convinced uh, that I am in right standing. It's righteousness. It's not my righteousness, but it's His righteousness. So how can I be the man that God has designed for me to be? Is that I've got to live in right standing. I pray that the Holy Ghost would touch us here today. I said I pray the Holy Ghost would touch us today. And we realize that we're not what we used to be. We're not. We're not. But we've been changed. We've been changed. We are men of destiny. Let God redefine you. Number three thing we got to remember is that everything we hear, we hear through a filter. There, there is a great difference between your perception of things and God's perception. Your perception of things and God's perception of things. You say, well, Brother Riley, how, how, how big is that gap? Isaiah says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts, your thoughts. That's how big the gap is. Everything that happens, everything that is going on around us, is warped by our by by the pain that we've been through. Think about it. Everything that has happened to us as men becomes a filter that it muffles what we hear and what we see because of life's experiences. You react sometimes and you don't understand why you react the way you react. You react the way you react because of your pain. Because of things that has happened. Praise the Lord. And I, I, I looked. There was one other man that was left. It was Gideon. <laughs> and I'm going to close with this quickly. You know what Gideon was doing? He was trying to find security. And he was threshing wheat in a wine press because of fear of the Midianites stealing the grain. And God sent an angel. And he said to him, The Lord is with you. Judges 6 and 12. You mighty man of valor. That was enough to should have let Gideon know that he was going to be victorious. That he could win, he could attack and win over the enemy he feared the most. But Gideon was hearing God's message through a filter of fear. He was fearful. He said to the angel, he said, listen, if, if the Lord is with us, 
why then has this all befallen us? And where are the miracles of our fathers? They told us about him bringing them out. He said, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. So what God said, Gideon heard it through a filter of fear. God said, you're a mighty man of valor. And Gideon said, if the Lord is with us, where's all the miracles? Why am I in this mess that I'm in? If I'm such a mighty man. The Lord didn't give up. Aren't you thankful the Lord don't give up on us? He said, the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might. And you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent you? But this time, Gideon uses the filter of being inferior. He said, I'm inferior. Do you realize who my family is? Not only do you you not realize who my family is, we're, 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 we're this little group over here. But he said, we're dysfunctional. He said, we are the poorest in Manasseh. And I am the least. God said, I have sent you. This is where we struggle, getting out of the box. The pastor preaches. The evangelist preaches. Things happen. God talks to us in prayer through personal study of the word of the Lord. The pastor walks to the pulpit and preaches what God has been dealing with you about. And you filter out what he says and you make all kinds of excuses why you are not being the man that God has sent you and called you to be. And he goes on and he says the third time, the Lord is with you. He said, you shall smite the Midianites as one man. And I don't have the time to go through all the story of of Gideon and all the fleeces and all the things that he had to get to. But it was so reluctant that he finally embraced what God had called him to do. Will you help us? I said, will you help us? It only takes one man to start a miracle in a church. Come on, somebody. I said, will, I said, will you help us? Will you embrace your destiny? Will you do more than just say amen in word? Will you put your feet on the ground? Come on, somebody. God will allow you to smite the Midianites as one man. You're letting your filter disqualify you. You're letting it put a mute button on the promises and the commission of God. Come on, you can go beyond where you've ever been before. 
Come on, come on, come on. God wants to use you. God wants to work for you. But you got to be willing to quit being so slowful. Come on, we need some men to say amen. Oh, you got to get beyond that security feeling. You got to come out from that place and quit pressing the wheat just trying to secure yourself there's a work that's got to be done there's a nation that's got to be saved there's a people that's got to be won I don't know I hope today you're catching something in my limited way to preach to you today Because there's a work that's got to be done. But we're sitting down threshing wheat trying to hold on to what we got when God says you you can become the Savior. God's hand is on you. You can turn your your workplace right side up. Come on. God can do Come on. God hadn't placed us in the cities that we're in just to hold on and thresh the wheat. There's Midianites that's got to be destroyed. There's a nation. You're hearing through fear today. You're hearing through fear today. Oh, but Brother Rowley, you don't... Come on. Would you take that filter and break it? I'm the least. I'm the least. I'm the poorest. Would you take that filter and break it? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. If somebody could just get a hold of something and say today, I'm going to become the man. I'm going to become. I'm going to become the man. I'm going to embrace my destiny. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's love him. Come on, I don't want to go too long here today. Come on, somebody can buy in today. Come on, let the Holy Ghost, let the Holy Ghost redefine you today. Come on, let the Holy Ghost touch your mind right now. Come on. You've been hearing through a filter. Oh, break out of that box today. Come on, break out of that box today. You've decorated it all up. Come on, tear the box down today. Come on, tear the box down today. Come on, will you help us? Will you help us? Hallelujah. Would you give me five more minutes? You can be seated. Just give me five minutes. I'm going to quit. I'm... You've got to accept that you don't need talent to be used of God. The men that were used of God were just simple men that made themselves available. Joshua shouted and a wall came down. 
Daniel kept his consecration and was able to pet lions in a lion's den. Elijah prayed and called fire down from heaven. Samson just took a job home. But Brother Rowley, if I had this talent, if I had this much money, and if I had this kind of, and, and if I had a van, I'd bring people to church. And, and if I had, and if I had a, a, a hundred dollars, I would help pay this. And if I, you know what? God wants you to use what you got. You know what? As pastors, you know what we need? We need men to say, you know what? I'm not the best, but I'm going to do the best I can. There might be somebody, pastor, that's better than me, but there ain't nobody that's going to outwork me. There might be somebody more talented, but there's nobody that's going to outdo me because I'm going to be there. When it, com- when it comes to doing a work, if you can, you can help us. When it comes to doing a work, you know, Brother Holt, who I use, I use that person that's bumping behind me, not aggravating me, but making themselves available. Why did they always, Pastor, get to Because the- they were there when it needed to be done. You want to know why you're pastor? Don't ever, because you're never there. You're worried about because you don't have no talent to be used. Uh, come on, you got to make yourself available and quit worrying about the talent that you don't have and use what you do have. You know what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy, the first chapter? He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me. He, he, he said he enabled me and he counted me faithful. Putting me into the ministry. He said, you know what? I was faithful when nobody thought that I was going to make it. He said, remember, I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. He said, but I stayed faithful. He said, it was the Lord that enabled me. You know what you got to do? Because God, you got to enable me. You know what, God? I'm going to be faithful. And if you allow me to be involved in the ministry of this church, I'm going to be involved. If it's cleaning the toilets, if it's vacuuming the floor, if it's cutting the grass, if it's carrying the water to the pulpit for the pastor. Come on now. Come on now. Come on, somebody. Pastor, I'm not talking about being a nuisance, but I'm talking about making yourself available to the ministry of the church. You know what we need? We need prayer warriors. We need, we need worshipers. We, we, oh, come on. If I never walk on that platform, you can, you can know one thing for sure. I'm going to be the best one. He's got to count you faithful. I don't, you, you be seated. I had a man, had a man that came, and he's visited twice, three times. He called and come up front. He said, "Pastor," he said, "What does it take to get up here on this platform?"
I said, number one, it takes faithfulness. These people that's up here, they're up here because God enabled them because they were faithful. We don't need talent. Talent brings a whole lot of trouble a lot of times. Oh, I feel like praising him. (laughs) Is there anything that help us? I'm trying not to kill it, Brother Johnson, I promise. I said, I don't know you. But our spirit bears witness. I'm thinking, you know what? I don't feel that same kindred spirit. Hello. He will enable you if you're faithful. In those things that you don't think matters. You know what I tell my men? Anything that I don't have to do makes my job easier. But I'm not talented. I don't know how to I don't know how to uh, uh, to cut that and I don't know how to paint that and I, I don't know how to you know what? You'll never learn sitting at home saying you don't have no talent. Well, well, well. There's always some good reason not to block out time to cause yourself to be available. You've got to be willing to say, you know what? I'm not the most talented, but I'll be the most faithful. Amen. You've got to be willing to go beyond. The thing that we do as men, we leave us too many escape routes when we start doing something for God. You've got to burn the bridges behind you and say, I'm in this, come what may. You've got to resolve in your heart that this is not an option. I've got to do what God has called me to do. Cortez was a very cruel man. He had a way of convincing his soldiers. When they landed in Mexico, the men stood at attention on the beach. And he ordered the ships burned and sunk. He said, there will be no going back. Church And the ministry of the church can never become just a part of our extracurricular 
activity that you do. It's got to be everything. Because if it's not, you'll board the ship and you'll sail away. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to float back into harmless Christianity. This men's retreat is going to be the men's retreat that I burn the ships and say it's no option. This is not an, an extracurricular activity, but this is my time to become the man of destiny. I've been stirred at men's retreat before, but bless your heart, I'm going to be changed. Pastor, we're burning the boats. I'm not going to float back into just getting by. Will you help us? Hallelujah. I'm closing. You can stand. The last thing is this. You must understand that you are a part of promise. God has saved you at a time such as this. Not because we can be cowards or step back, but God has called us for a time such as this to be men of valor. You are a part of promise. Isaiah says, Arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For, behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise 